I would say to parents, you know what? You can't take shortcuts here. You got to do the hard work of living what you want them to learn. Live what you want your children to learn. You ain't been there, and then you ain't, and you ain't just this or did that. It don't matter. Just love on them. Or love yourself. So you have to go back and love on them. It's okay. Whatever love on them. When you look back on your life, what's one thing you needed to hear your father say? And, um, that's my experience. And I can only go off of whatever I, I've experienced for almost a decade. Persistence. Persistence don't get you where you gotta go. Bishop T.D. Jakes. No, I'm just kidding. Now, welcome back to Fatherhood Fridays, season five. I am so glad you are here. You could be listening to any other podcast, but you decided to listen to mine. And I am so grateful and I am so humbled. Um, as we are moving along in 2021, there are so many topics to cover in, in fatherhood and being a dad. Um, whether I'm interviewing someone or talking about my own fatherhood experiences, stories, trials, and tribulations. Today, we're going to get a little bit intimate as me and uh, a good childhood friend of mine are going to be talking about the loss of our dads. Me and him both lost our dads when we were teenagers. And so um, we're going to be talking and having a conversation about that. Um, so often, uh, as fathers, as we reflect on our fatherhood, there's things that we went through. And so if we've gone through it, there's somebody out there that has lost their uh, dad at a young age. And so the brother that I'm going to be speaking with um, hails all the way from Denver, Colorado, by the way of Aurora. Um, he, he runs a, uh, or a founder of a nonprofit organization called... Um, Young Men of Purpose, as well as the pastor of the Purpose Center, um, is all over Denver, Colorado, making an impact for the kingdom of God. Allow me to introduce with much pleasure, Rico Went. How are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Man, I thought, thought that was somebody else. I was like, who's he bringing out? <laughs> he sounded it, present. It, it, was, it wasn't Cedric the Entertainer. It's Rico Went. <laughs> Yes, sir, man. I'm doing well. Hope everybody is doing well that's listening in. Happy to be with a old friend. And um, yeah, excited to, to talk about our experiences. Absolutely, man. And so 
Um, how are you doing, man? I know we were talking in the pre-show and, uh, you know, you have two sons, but you also have another one on the way. Is, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Two boys, four year old, two year old, and one that's due at the end of January and, um, doing good, man, with the whole, you know, the pandemic and stuff, man, everybody's healthy and everybody's good. Cassandra, my wife. Uh, my son, oldest son, Trip Samuel, two, and uh, we'll figure out what we're gonna name this third one. <laughs> but gotcha. doing well, man. Doing really well, and I'm, I'm glad to be, you know, doing okay, man. How about you? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, just trying to get through this pandemic. Um, you know, in 2021, uh, you know, a lot of changes is taking place. I'm taking me and my wife have decided to bring my kids back to school. And so, you know, they've been homeschooled for five months now, but we've decided to bring them back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we just trying to make the best of it and, and be flexible and just know that God is trustworthy, man, because, you know, nobody could have predicted the many things that happened in 2020. I know that's right, man. I'm glad everybody's doing good. Your wife is awesome, man. It was great working with her at the time that I did with that new legacy, man. And, because our yes, yeah, she's now an assistant principal here in here in Texas. Oh wow, man! I, I makes sense, man. Awesome family, man. Great people, and man, I know you guys are doing great down there. So good to hear. Uh, yeah, man. And so, if if somebody was listening to this for the very first time and didn't know you, you want to share a little bit about who you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, man, you know, first and foremost, I am a I'm a believer, man, a child of child of God, child of the most high God. Um, I am just a regular dude, man, trying to make um, trying to make some waves for the Lord, do what the man asked me to do. I wish I'd say it like that. I just do what the man asked me to do. Um, trying to at least. I'm the son of a of an immigrant man and a, and a mama from St. Louis um, and the, the son of a HBCU grad and, a, and an immigrant, so <laughs> a Spanish-speaking immigrant, so my childhood was very interesting. So, um, son, son of ministers and, and just good people in the community, worked real hard, showed me my brother and sister a lot of, uh, taught us a lot of values that we carry to this day. And I'm just trying my best to do to do my best. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And, I, and, and, and if nobody has ever told you, you, you are doing your best, man. You know, my time of living in, in, in Denver a second time, yeah. I mean, you you were definitely making splashes. I kept hearing your name pop up, especially yeah. when I decided to shift into the educational world. It was like oh. I couldn't go anywhere without somebody knowing who Rico Went is. Oh wow, man! Well, I, I I didn't know that. I didn't, man. I you know, so I, I guess sometimes you just try. You just try. You just like you say. You just trying your best, and then you look up, and then you're like you've made some headway, but it always doesn't feel like headway to you you know what i'm saying because you're like in the boat pat you know pedaling of paddling yeah you're in you're in the thick of it so you don't know how what's behind you or what's in front of exactly, you. exactly exactly but that's very kind man i appreciate that it's that's really cool i didn't i didn't know that. no 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 problem man and so let, let let's kind of circle back a little bit you kind of touched on your dad you know to tell us a little bit about your dad as we're talking about today the, the the loss the, the loss of losing a, a dad at a young age yeah you know it's um it's crazy because as you know very well 
it's just like it the, the feelings change in stages um so my my dad uh from panama first language spanish speaker and um but you know a black dude you know what i'm saying by because you know i say latino by culture but you know mm-hmm. i'm black by by ethnicity and um mm-hmm. you know he he, he was a, a, a older guy um he was born in the early 40s and um but came to the united states when he was like 24 25 years old and trying to do something different with his life and and he did and he met my, my mom and um in denver in the early 80s and they got married and the rest is history but you know unfortunately he got sick he he had colon cancer he got developed colon cancer and um a two-year battle um a lot of hospital stays a lot of hospice stays and all that good stuff and um eventually he died in my uh, sophomore year of high school uh, i was 15 mm-hmm. um older sister 17 and my older brother just got married like six months before and um it was just a hard time, you know, and it was really, really weird because uh, I don't think I had any clue what was coming as far as the effect of it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you never do, you know, with, with the loss of a parent. And so I know you're you're already kind of going deep, yeah. you know, with, with the conversation. Let's backpedal a little bit. Okay, my bad. I mean, no, no, no worries, man. Yep. You know, what, what was it like growing up with your father? You know, I knew him from, from the church that we grew up yep. in. You know what I mean? Just, just as cool as a fan, yeah. always was encouraging, always was helping out. But what was it like for you growing up with him? Yeah, so it was cool. So let's, like you said, I'll, I'll, I'll stay light, stay stay high for a minute. Um, You know, it was just like, it was a lot. He's a Caribbean man. So Caribbean parents are super hard on discipline. <laughs> just this is where they are mm-hmm. man. like African parents Korean parents were just very like heavy handed very like you know this is the 80s and the 90s so that was still like a style <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know so right you can't do that now with your kids man you can't, can't do nothing none of that but you know very much so um, it was a lot of fun so the thing with me growing up I was very confused a lot of times man. I'm not gonna front like I'm, I'm very aware I'm African American man I'm black very very uh, black <laughs> but the thing is just um the only people I knew who spoke Spanish in Colorado were Mexican people, right? So right. I didn't have a lot of, I mean, I knew about some of it, but you know, you're eight, seven, nine, six, whatever. So I thought we were Mexican for a long time. I just, right, because you, you, your dad speaks Spanish, but he's black, right. but then all the other people you see is Hispanic, so you think you Hispanic. You're not knowing the culture beyond the culture. So true, you know? man. It, it was so, and it threw me off, and one day he had to like sit me down and like open up a map and be like, okay, you kind of have to, you know, explain the diaspora and kind of explain like Africans moving, going to the Caribbean and why that happened. And then how we got to the United mm-hmm. States and all these different things. But, you know, I was like, oh, he's like, some of them just stayed here. And this is where we stayed, stayed here in this area. And then some went on to the Eastern coast of um, United, the United, of the United States. Um, but I was like, oh, okay. But, it was just full of a lot of love, man, a lot of laughter. So the music was, it wasn't just like typical, whatever that means, typical, that word typical, um, like black music and or black or household or whatever that is. It was like gospel and like R&B a little bit and stuff like that. Cause my parents were ministers. They were just on it a little bit, but not super tough. Um, but it was like uh, cumbia and like calypso and 
uh, south salsa merengue and all these different forms from Panama that he like be you know playing through the house and teaching us how to salsa and teaching us how to dance and and stuff so it was just really it was just like a lot of love a lot of energy and just a lot of you know a lot of discipline and you know mm-hmm. it, that, that was it man so yeah yeah man and so you, you know your dad having this this caribbean influence caribbean background you know how, how did that shape you now as becoming a father and having those roots of your own yeah so it's weird because um like i said for a long time i was just really confused because like i just it, it wasn't a lot of context with it and as i got older i just started recognizing like okay there are other countries other than america and that was a good thing for me because a lot of times americans are um we are you know accused of being like very like you know um kind of like uh, what do you call that one track yeah, yeah and very like 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 xenophobic like we're scared of other people and other other countries mm-hmm. and we're very like american centric like nothing on the only if it's happening to us in, in america it's happening to the world if it's not happening to us in america it's not happening to the world and um that's the way we take it but 325 million people are hardly the world with 8 billion people in it right so right. i got a chance to learn that you know there was like a little piece of around the world that sat in my house every single day in my dad and taught us very much so a lot about uh you know the different parts of you know south america central america different places he had been different things he had experienced so we weren't so like oh it's just america. no it's like there's a whole other country over there in the water in panama where a whole bunch of people live and your family's from there your lineage is from there like oh really so you know yeah. it was cool because it just gave me a, like a more worldly view and made me so it made me less of what i think people hate about americans just being so brazen and brash like we just it you know it's just you know we're the world police and we're the world this and it's just like no man there are people over there just living their lives having a great time if you just would learn a little culture and learn some stuff you could learn something from them you know what i'm saying so yeah i sorry i don't know if i think if i answered your question totally but um no i no it's okay man um you know you had touched on you know your dad passing away from, from colon cancer yeah. and battling it with, with it for two years. Yeah. You know, what was the impact, good or bad, did losing your father have on your teenage life and adulthood? I mean, I'll speak for yeah. myself. You please go first. You know, you go. My, I, wanna, I would love to hear that story no, from you. Okay, well, I'll just share you. When my father yeah. passed away, which was from health issues, being a diabetic mm-hmm. and, you know, diabetes, eating his body, from the inside out and of course you know diabetes is reversible but you got to put in the work and you can't you can't be passive about it and you know my dad was kind of like ah whatever you know i mean he did it but he didn't do it and you know it got the best of him and so you know when my father passed away when i was 16 you know i was getting a lot of advice from his side of the family like you the man of the house take care of your mom take care of your siblings but the last thing i forgot to do was take care of myself mm. wow. so i was walking around like a like a ticking time bomb and didn't know it mm. and so um because i had experienced you know like we were saying in the pre-show i had experienced trauma 
three weeks before he died when I, uh, me and a friend and a cousin got robbed at gunpoint. Wow. So then getting robbed at gunpoint three weeks before your dad died, and then your dad died, and now your family is saying, hey, not saying I'm there for you, call me, blah, 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 but you're the man of the house. And so I never gave myself time to heal until it came out and then I was later uh, expelled from Montbello High School for mm. fighting. And then you fast forward many years later, um, getting married and having kids and it, and it coming right mm. back. And now you're feeling, you know, emptiness. You're feeling uh, like you don't know what to do as a father. You're feeling bitter because you don't have no one to talk to. So... You know, these are the many ways it impacted me in a bad way, but the reverse side of that in a good way, it made me search for God even more because I didn't mm. have a father. Wow. So yeah. I used to just, I would quietly be in the scriptures in college when everybody is partying, when everybody is going to clubs. I might be going too, but secretly I'm, I'm, I'm up at two in the morning and I'm trying to understand more about who God is for myself mm. because my mom always used to tell me you gotta have you gotta have your own faith you can't live off mm, of my that's faith. So, true. so true and it never became more true until my years in college and me becoming yeah. a man yeah and so I, I shared a little bit about mine what, what was what was the impact for you good or bad in your teenage life what yeah you know, so Kind of just, man, a lot like yours, man. It's funny how that kind of happens. I know it was like around the same time. I think you were 16 and I was 15. And so, mm -hmm. of course, man, I got super angry, man, when he when he passed. Got super angry. I'm like, man, you know, my dad served the church as a deacon in the church. And that, that, that. you start being, try, you start trying to rationalize everything. I'm like, why did this happen? And da, 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 da. You know, the God we served, I thought God's supposed to. And, you know, really what you're saying is I thought God is my personal genie and God is supposed to do what I say. Mm -hmm. God works for me. That's what you're really saying, right? But, um, you know, I got super angry and started getting more, like, aggressive and stuff like that and, and more, like, you know, the fighting thing and, like, the locker rooms and stuff. I was playing football and stuff at the time. So, man, I, can, I, can, I can't even visualize that. Man, I know. I, I know everybody's like, man, you just this, like chill guy but like you know i grew up man i was a montbello falcon Falcon, like i was i was very much so you know i wanted to be a montbello warrior you know that we're from that generation where montbello was like so i'm right. like i was man i was a totally different person on the football field i was pretty good but then it it, it would start being like uh, man i'm trying to knock people's helmets off and fights are going too long and i'm, I'm going in the locker room wanting to, somebody to say something slick so i can grab like and stuff like that and then people started to recognize like you said just to your point Rika kind of acting out of character you alright you know like yeah it's whatever football is great but really really masking yeah. pain through some of those things man and um, um, really thankfully man just like you said I found it, it made God realer and it made God true and it made God have to be my dad it made God have to I would just I was uh, I was into music and still, still am um, I would go to the uh, piano rooms and stuff like that and I would sing songs and pray and cry and, and all those things and I would just kind of work it out through that or um, you know serve at the church or whatever and just try to work it out through that by the time you, like you said I, you got to college it turned into like 
man, God is going to really have to be my dad because I need him. And um, I search for him just like, like you said, real hard in the scriptures. Um, same testimony. I was at the club. I was doing this. I was doing whatever that. I pledged, I pledged Q, Omegasar 5, all that good stuff. Yeah. But I, like you said, whenever I go home, I crack open the book and, and, and search scriptures. And I wanted to know and I really wanted that relationship. So it drove me to God's feet too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and it's so it's so interesting because sometimes losing a parent and, and you know, specifically your father, you, you can either draw closer to God or some people draw away yeah. from God because of the death mm-hmm. of their parent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, it was, I realized that I, I started being really angry when I see, say my, I say something to my mom, I can see her face she'd kind of be like it'd make her flinch a little bit like uh we were talking about something i just remember being so upset and i was about 16 i guess maybe and like, something happened and i just remember my mom saying we need to do this we need to do that and i was just like why all we're gonna do is die anyway like, and yeah. she just kind of stopped yeah. at me stopping but it's like what could she say you know she just was like like we're worried about all this stuff and all we're gonna do is end up it's just hurt bro it's just uh, speaking from a broken heart and, and um i cringe at some yeah. of the stuff that i said in hurt now you know but yeah and so what so what do you tell you know a, a teenager that then went through the same thing that you that you and i have went through what what is something you share i know for me you know that was you know the inspiration one of the inspirations for me writing my first book uh that's on amazon right now fighting for a laugh shame go ahead man but anyway um that was the inspiration for me to say like look i understand young man or young woman what you're going through right now and you don't have to go through it alone and you don't have to put on a facade like you're gonna be okay if you're not okay it's okay to be not okay absolutely you 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 know and so you know that was my struggle is that i masked it well because i was a funny dude like people i was the funny guy in class people always looked to me to crack jokes and be funny and do silly antics and all of that so from the surface it would look like nothing is wrong but deep down inside, I'm I'm not hurting, and I'm looking for someone to attach to, and you know that's how if, if you remember that's how um, I became close with uh, Marcus yeah, and sure. Tracy. Right. Yes. Yeah. And when they were when when they were at the church, because he I looked at him like an older brother, and we used to, you know, he used to cut my hair and, and yeah. just look out for me, you know, especially during the times that I was expelled from school and just thought like this yeah. is the end for me right. and it wasn't you know it was a it was a turning point and so what do you what do you ch- tell that teenager you know because you have your own nonprofit, young men of purpose what do you tell somebody that's went through yeah you know it, i use it every almost every day it seems like um i think i think bro Tom, i don't think i would even do young men of purpose there would be no young, young men of purpose if i hadn't lost my dad i don't think um i don't know if i'd have any mm-hmm. of the as much of the driver if any at all that I have because of that loss. Um, so the thing is, you know, in, in the work every day, it, it's I get a chance to see kids who've lost parents or have a sick parent or whatever, maybe 
going on or a sick loved one, someone close to them. And like you said, you really can really talk from a real standpoint and be like, I'm, you know, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I live. I'm telling you what I know. And get a chance to use those experiences. And you start realizing all of your life experiences are um, what God was doing in you so you could be a blessing to someone else. And 15-year-old Rico didn't see it, but I didn't know I was going to stand in front of, you know, at this point, thousands of boys to teach them from my, like, cup of life experiences. Um, and and, and mm-hmm. when you got boys who have pain and in sorrow, it helps when you have a little bit, too. Like, you know, it helps when, well, Mr. Rico, you ain't been through nothing. What do you know? And it's like, oh, really? Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about hearts. Let's talk about life. And you, you have a way to, um, um, show not a not only have I been through some things you can get through that thing and you can come out you can come out victorious mm-hmm. on the other side with God's help and really minister to them in that way so yeah it, it's, it's a lot of pulling kids aside and having those personal conversations a lot of uh, I had a boy his, his dad his dad died of a heart attack just in the middle of his senior year just dad was fine wow Not, but one day playing the bass at their church and um, the next day, gone. You know, I go to the funeral to go support. He's one of my top kids. He's at went up to see you, Boulder. He's there now, finishing up. And it's just, mm-hmm. man, and it's just now a whole different conversation now comes from him and I, between he and I, because of that. Obviously, his loss, and I was able to just jump right in and just really walk through that last semester with him and make sure, you know, kind of was able to, you know, get through it. But it was, um, yeah, man, it's just you start realizing that God's plan was so much bigger than you even expected that's what you start realizing so absolutely man and and you know look looking back on life in retrospect if your dad was alive would he be surprised or proud of the man you've become now oh man can i can i ask you the same question first i love i love to hear your absolutely yeah yeah i know i would think my dad would be mm. surprised really I would think my, I think you would be surprised okay. and proud, right? Because, you know, I've, 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 I think Michelle Obama says it best in, in one of Obama's books where, or maybe it was a movie where oftentimes your kids finish the work that your parent never mm. got to. Wow. Yeah. You see what I'm sure. saying? And so, for my dad he always wanted to finish his education it didn't happen right. it happened with me he always he didn't want to live in Colorado right. the rest of his life it but it never happened right it happened to me um to see me you know he knew I was funny cracking jokes but to probably see me on stage in a real comedy club or on TV mm. would shock him to see me you know, be an author of of a you know top one hundred Amazon book wow. with Shocker because I wasn't read right. I wasn't reading like right. that right. as a teenager. Right. Um, to 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 be in ministry as as a pastor with wow. Shocker, he would be surprised because I mean, you know, you 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 my dad only remembered me from sixteen, and so I wasn't showing those early signs of being a writer or you know heavily wanting to be in ministry or 
what you know being working in social work or having aspirations of being an entrepreneur i wasn't showing yes. those early signs i showed signs of being funny you know being you know being an older brother uh you know being a person of maturity but i don't think he could have saw everything that i've accomplished so that's why i asked you that question because for me i think my dad would be proud because i finished some of the things that was in his heart that we had you know side conversations on and would be surprised because it's like i never would have thought you would have went as far as yeah man and i could totally see that too man on your end with your dad bro because i think when they when they leave so early i guess both i think they'll be both surprisingly proud because i think a lot of it there's two it's a twofold part for me obviously it's just they're they're gone so early and they just don't know what's gonna happen and they hope that like this situation probably doesn't carry you to a negative life um that you said as it does for so many um but um i'm on another scale because see you're the oldest brother right so there's there's like a level of like yeah well he's the oldest and he's like mature and blah like you showed some mature i remember you always being like a cool mature like cool guy that i definitely looked up to and stuff like that and like i remember that yeah i remember that as I well like, yeah it's like sean were kind of champions at the time right you know yeah yeah you know he you know you gotta have the government and you gotta have the name that yeah, people know you from around the way and, and he was always kind of cool cat in the back and did his thing and you know the thing is like I think, but I'm the little brother, right? I'm the youngest and the youngest. And I'm sure as okay. older brother, you know what that means. Like people look at your youngest, like, well, they're the youngest. They're the baby boy, girl, whatever. They're spoiled. They're this, they're, they didn't, they never got what we got. And that like, that's what everybody feels about you as the youngest. But that's me on, that's me on the mm-hmm. other end. So I don't know what my dad would have was thinking like, dang, my youngest son, it's Tony Angel Rigo. I got this young son who, you know, I'm checking out on and this is what it is. And I, you know, I hope it works out, but um, I think he totally would be proud. I hope so. And I think he totally would be surprised. Like, you know, when my dad got out, I was struggling, you know, I'm sitting in algebra class, like struggling in math. Like that's like, those are my dad's last like glimpses of me and you know what it was like, none of this, like, you know, going up to school and being like a, like a, like a, like a top, um, political science scholar in my college and and having all these opportunities definitely not entrepreneurial at all entrepreneurial not in ministry um not the music and stuff my dad was one of old school cats like if you weren't one of the drifters or the temptations or and so so it was mine and that's how i was able to share with you like yeah my dad played instruments by just listening like he didn't take no lessons for real like he just wow. picked it up wow, that's, and, and that's amazing man i re- told you i remember that day you got him on those drums and started it started working out i'm just like what in the world I, I was so flabbergasted that he was so good and he didn't like tell anybody like nobody knew and i was like why aren't you why don't you play here for sure he's like oh man i don't play no more or whatever but i was just like wow you know but um you know, I don't know. I, I think so. I think he'd be shocked. I think he'd be proud. I hope so. Um, definitely, like, you know, I'm married. And I have kids. And my sons of my own now. And, and I, I just would think, I would just hope he'd be very, like, man, that's who I hope he would become, would have become. I just wasn't able to be there to see that happen, you know? So, 
I'm hoping that's what he would say, like on the other hand, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, man. And um, I mean, you, 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 you're doing a that's, fine that's job. That's cool, Jim. It's real talk. I really appreciate that, man. It's coming from you, seriously. No, no problem. And so, you know, me and you, we could stay on the phone another couple hours, but I'm gonna leave you yes, with sir. this closing question. Um, you're you're now a father of two, going on three kids. By the time this this episode's air, you'll be a father yes, of three boys. And so, if they ever had a chance to listen to this episode, what's something you would want them to know about you wow. as a dad? That's a good question. Something I'd want them to know about me as a dad. I would say, unfortunately, man, well, I mean, be sad about it, but I would tell them um, the last thing. It, it, it doesn't mean that you passed yeah. away, but just something. No, I know. I got you know. I say this sometimes because it just helps. It keep, it just, it's like the frame, a lot of the framework for my life, man. My dad was in the hospice bed, and I say this from time to time. And my dad knew he wasn't going to make it. He had a few days left. My dad looks up to me. He said, son. I said, yeah, dad. He said, do one thing for me. I said, what's that? He said, be a man in everything you do. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do my best. And what I think I'll try to, to tell my boys is one thing about me and sons, I try to be a man in everything I do. I try to be a, a, a man of my word. I try to be a person that um, has morals and values, integrity, and character. I stand on those things. And I would want you to do your best to follow that lead and example. And where I didn't do it and where I fell short, go ahead, like you said, and pick up the slack and, and finish what I couldn't, what I what I couldn't, you know, along the way. And um, and then I love them very much. And I, they're the best parts of me. And I would do anything to make sure they go a thousand times further than I did, quicker than I did, um, you know, if I could. And that's what I, I want them to know about me. So. You heard it first, folks, from Rico Went. Um, be the yes, man sir. at all times. Yes, be the man of love. Be the man of integrity. Be the man of of trials and tribulations. And so we're going to end it there. But this is a reason why you should donate to Fatherhood Friday. Because of stories like these, redemptive stories of fathers, and not just fathers, African-American fathers that share real stories, real redemption, and a way to impact not just the next generation, not just fathers out there, but impacting uh, the kingdom of God. And so if you want to donate, you can go to Anchor FM backslash Fatherhood Fridays by just Googling it. And once you pull up the uh, site, you can click on the tab that says support. You could donate anywhere from 99 cent to 9.99 monthly or a one-time donation. Be sure, like the logo says, to follow me. I'm on multiple different platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Bullhorn, just to name a few. And last but not least, if if this episode has moved you in any way, copy and paste it and reshare with someone else. Until then. This has been Chalmer, the host of Fatherhood Friday, and I will see you next Friday. Yes, sir. God bless, man. Love you, man. Yes, sir. And here's a sneak peek into next week's Fatherhood Friday episode.
ten minutes a day of intermittent silence, you give your brain ten minutes rest a day, and this is just the beginning um, of uh, looking or a journey to the inside of you or me or whoever does it. Um, it is uh, it's quite refreshing, uh, Jamar, once you do it. Thank you.